On this episode of the Grizz Podcast, I'm going to talk to you about the master of puppets and the mortification of sin. You see, if you aren't in the business of mortifying your sin, then you're going to be its little puppet. That's all you're going to be. Metallica is so spot on with so many things. You didn't even know it, dude. Yeah, you ridiculed Metallica. You look down on Metallica. You fool. <laughs> they are so spot on with so many things. If you would just take time to really look at their lyrics, dude. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, Master of Puppets and the Mortification of Sin. Here we go. Oh yeah, y'all know what time it is. You're listening to the Grizz Podcast. It's gonna be raw, it's gonna be real, and it's gonna be relevant. We're here to guide, encourage, and equip you to live the manly life that God is calling you to live. It's time for you to step up and man up. That's what God expects, and that's what this jacked up world desperately needs. Now here's our host, Jason George. Yeah! Oh! Dude, <laughs> that'll wake you up. What's up, all my brothers from all the mothers around the world? Thanks so much for tuning in, listening to The Grizz. Today is Monday, November 21st, 2022. As always, I'm here in the old Grizz cave, my dog Remy at my feet, hot cup of coffee. Hope you guys are doing well. I'm doing all right, feeling all right. Got a little bit of the blah the last day or two that hit me. You ever get hit with just the blah or the funk? People are like, well, what's wrong? Why do you feel that way? I don't even freaking know. I don't know. I just do sometimes. Life's not perfect, but I got to remind myself. You got to remind yourself I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. I'm doing better than I deserve. That's for sure. Trying to look at all the blessings in life and just focus on that. Give thanks. That's what this season is all about. It's so easy to look at what's not going right in our lives and complain. But I don't want to be that guy. I don't want you to be that guy. Anyway, dude, what's going on? I love some good yo mama jokes. <laughs> yo mama's so fat when she fell, I didn't even laugh, but the sidewalk cracked up. <laughs> yo mama's so fat when she skips a meal, the stock market drops. <laughs> yo mama's so fat, it took me two buses and a train to get her good side. I don't, wait a sec, I don't even know if I get that. Yo mama's so fat, it took me two buses and a train to get to her good side. Oh, I got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm the one telling the jokes. And I don't even tell them right. Your mama's so fat when she goes camping, the bears hide their food. <laughs> now, that's funny right there, dude. Uh, your mama's so stupid, she stared at a cup of orange juice for 12 hours because it said concentrate. <laughs> All right, I'll stop there, man. 
Ah, just trying to get up, laugh a little bit, have some fun. What's been going on with me lately? Uh, got to get out, do some kayaking on Friday. It was wonderful. Thankful for that. Didn't catch any fish, but it's okay. I was exploring a new area. I was like Lewis and Clark, man. I was up in there just exploring, dude, trying to figure out this certain creek where it went. It was good stuff. Got some work done around the house on Saturday. Saturday evening, I went to a party over at my buddy Mike Regina's house. Some of you guys listening, you know that guy. Dude's freaking, he's a freak, man. He's a freak. He's always having some kind of get-together. He's one of those extrovert types, always doing something with people. I'm more of an uh, introverted person. You may not be able to tell that when I'm here on the podcast, but I really am. I need my alone time. Yes, I do. A lot of you, you're you're like that. You know what I'm saying. I prefer a smaller crowd, but every now and then, I go out and party, do a little socializing. <laughs> so I went over to Mike's party. It was good to see some old friends, good food, good drinks, had some good conversation. And by the way, for you business entrepreneur types. My buddy, Mike Regina has a podcast. It's called the opposite entrepreneur, the opposite entrepreneur. And I'll put a link in the show notes. If you want to check that out, he gets some pretty good guests on there. Should check it out. Might find some things that'll help you out in your business entrepreneur endeavors. What else going down? My son is in town for Thanksgiving break. Picked him up at the airport Saturday night. I was excited about that. It's good to see him. He's coming in from the University of Pitt. I don't get to see him that much anymore, man. My oldest daughter comes in on Wednesday from St. Louis. That's where she's out going to school for her master's. And my son and I, we're going to do some fishing tomorrow. Hoping to hook into some trout and some redfish here in the low country. Also got us a couple cigars to enjoy. Looking forward to just being out on the water with him, making memories. Life is short, dude. It goes by so quickly. The sand in the hourglass is falling quickly, especially after 40. It starts falling faster. You got to go make those special memories with family and friends. Got to take those days off work and just go do it, man. Carpe diem. Seize the day. What else is going on? I'm still working out. I'm nipping at it, man. Still doing some rucking a few times a week along with uh, weight training. Sometimes I do elliptical or treadmill, but I definitely prefer being outside rucking. Speaking of working out, that's a good segue into what I want to talk to you guys about for this episode. Let me grab a sip of my heated up coffee. I don't know about you guys, but when I'm working out, I enjoy cranking some hard hitting music. You know what I mean? Like battle music. Uh, And one of the groups I enjoy cranking is Metallica. Always have, man. I definitely appreciate the musical talent Metallica, but it's only been in recent years that I've begun to 
really look at the lyrics in Metallica's music and begin to appreciate the lyrics. I mean, I think all of you know this. They're not a quote-unquote Christian band or artist, but there's some really good lyrics, some real thought-provoking lyrics. There's a lot of truth in their lyrics about a lot of the dark side of life and what it does to us. And the other day, I'm in the gym listening to Metallica, going through the Metallica playlist, and the Master of Puppets came on. And dude, I was just like taken back again at the the truth in the lyrics of the song Master of Puppets. So I stopped, I pulled up the lyrics, you know, how you can do that. If you guys use Apple Music, you can hit that little button while you're listening to a song and it'll show you the exact lyrics while the artist is singing. And I was like, man, dude, it's just incredible how biblical the lyrics actually are to master of puppets. The song, in essence, is about addiction. They're describing addiction as the master of puppets. I want you to just imagine like those old type puppets where the puppeteer with his fingers has like the strings from his fingers working the puppet. The puppet can only do what the puppeteer the master of puppets wants it to do. The master of puppets, the puppeteer is in complete control, not the puppet. And it's just a really good description, the song about addiction. I understand addiction. I know what it's like to be addicted. I know how difficult it can be to fight Addiction. We talk about addiction quite often here on the Grizz podcast, uh, oftentimes about pornography and sexual addiction. Every week, I work with guys who are confronting, facing, working through porn addiction, sexual addiction. Anyway, like in Romans chapter 6, the Apostle Paul very similar to the master of puppets, he's describing how sin can be a master over us. And let me read some of that to you, Romans chapter 6, and then I want to look at the lyrics of Metallica's master of puppets. Um, starting at verse 1, Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. This is good. So right off the bat, he's telling us that one of the reasons that Christ died on the cross, rose from the dead, it's more than just giving us forgiveness. It's more than just giving us eternal life. He also did all of this so that we can walk in the newness of life, like live a whole new way, leave behind our old sinful lifestyle, our old sinful addictions, and live free. That's one of the reasons Christ died on the cross, rose from the dead. He goes on, 
For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. I'll stop right there for a minute. There it is. He's saying one of the reasons that Christ died on the cross, rose from the dead, it is more than just you get forgiveness, you get eternal life. It is so that you don't have to be a slave to sin anymore. You don't have to be a puppet to sin. It doesn't have to be your master anymore, master of puppets. Sin, for most people, is their master. It controls them. They don't control it. Christ came to break that control. But in order for that to be broken, you've got to decide who your master is going to be. You can't have both. You can't be over here dipping into sin and like, oh yeah, but Jesus is my master too. You got to choose either or because he goes on in chapter six and he starts talking about like whoever you present your body to, uh, the word here is members, like the members of your body, your body parts, like your eyes, your ears, uh, your, your hands, even your private parts, whoever you present your body to, you're going to become slave to that thing. So if you present it to God on a daily basis, you give God your body, your eyes, your ears, your hands, even your private parts, your mind, your thoughts, then God is your master and he's a good master. Now, I realize that positionally, God is our Lord. He is our master with what Christ did on the cross. We're saved, all of that. Uh, Positionally, theologically, positionally, yes, we're free. But many Christians are not living in that freedom. What they are positionally in Christ has not worked itself out practically because they're still nibbling at sin. And when you start nibbling at sin, then you start feasting on sin. And then sin gets its like hooks back into you and you become its little puppet again. I know all about it, dude. So he says here, uh, where was I at? That we would no longer be enslaved to sin, for the one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body, or let it not rule over your mortal body to make you obey its passions, because that's what sin wants to do. It wants to make you obey your sinful passions. It wants to rule over you. It wants to master you, master of puppets. 
Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. It goes on, what then? Are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? There it is, man. Like, uh, who do you want to be a slave to? Do you want to be a slave to sin, which destroys you? Or do you want to be a slave to Christ? which only benefits you and blesses you to be an obedient slave to Christ because we're slaves to Christ, but we're more than slaves. We're also his adopted children. We're also joint heirs with Christ. Everything that Christ has, he says, I give to you. You're going to enjoy all of it, the whole inheritance when you come to heaven. It's, it's all here for you, man. I'm not withholding anything, dude. This is good stuff. So let me show you some of what Metallica says in Master of Puppets. Pull that up on my computer. Master of Puppets lyrics. Some of you know the song really well. Got it memorized. You listen to it a lot like I do. Hang on, let me grab a sip of coffee. It starts out and it says, End of Passion Play. End of passion play. So you're playing your passions, like you're you're indulging your passions, your evil desires, these inner sinful passions inside of us. You're indulging them. You're going to go play, right? You're going to go have some fun. You're going to play, and then you're going to pay. End of passion play, crumbling away. I'm your source of self-destruction. Let's stop right there. That's so good. So the thing you're playing with, it's crumbling away. And that thing, that sin is actually your source of self-destruction. That sin that you're playing with, that's the source of what's going to destroy you. Oh, that's good. That's some Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why do we not look at sin as death, destruction? That's what the Bible calls it. For the wages of sin is death. It causes death. End of passion play, crumbling away. I'm your source of self-destruction. Veins that pump with fear, sucking darkest clear leading on your death's construction. They are so good with these lyrics, man. It flows so good together. goes on, it says, taste me, talking about the sin. Taste me, you will see. More is all you need, dedicated to how I'm killing you. Man, isn't that powerful? Isn't that so true? If you've dealt with any kind of addiction, you know what I'm saying. You know what they're saying. I should say Metallica. Taste me, you will see more is all you need. Is Think about pornography addiction. 
how it's never enough, especially with internet pornography. Whatever that one image is or that one video is, it's, it's never enough. Taste me, you will see. More is all you need. See, if it was enough, then why do you keep going back? If it was enough, if that was good, why do you keep clicking? And then whatever did it for you that time, eventually that no longer turns you on. You need something harder, more graphic, maybe even something illegal to get the same arousal, the same effect that maybe milder forms of porn used to do for you. Taste me, you will see. More is all you need. Dedicated to how I'm killing you. That's what your sin is dedicated to. Just killing you, destroying you. Come crawling faster. Obey your master. Now this is sin talking to you. It's like it taunts you. Come crawling faster. Think about pornography addiction. I know so many of the guys that listen, that's a struggle. Come, it's taunting you. Come crawling faster. Obey your master. Your life burns faster. Obey your master. Master of puppets, I'm pulling your strings. I'm twisting your mind. I'm smashing your dreams. Blinded by me, you can't see a thing. Just call my name because I'll hear you scream. Master, master, just call my name because I'll hear you scream. Man, twisting your mind and I'm smashing your dreams. Think about what addiction does. That's exactly what it does. It twists your mind. It perverts your mind. Pornography addiction, you can't even view women in the real world in normal life. Like you, you can't view them normal anymore because of what you're doing in secret, what you're looking at. Every woman just becomes someone you're sizing up, that you're undressing in your mind. You're checking her out. You're checking out her boobs and her butt. And could I see anything elsewhere? I'm twisting your mind, and here's what else it's doing. I'm smashing your dreams. The things you dream about doing with your life, the things you dream about doing, I want to do this for God. I want to leave my mark. I want to leave my impact. I want to be this kind of man, this kind of husband, this kind of dad, this kind of maybe pastor or youth pastor, maybe a speaker, a missionary, a church planner, a school teacher. Maybe you want to run for office and make a difference in this country. Maybe you want to be a business owner, an entrepreneur. Twisting your mind, I'm smashing your dreams. You're blinded by me. <laughs> you can't see a thing. Goes on, says, needle work the way, never you betray. Life of death becoming clearer. Pain monopoly, ritual misery, chop your breakfast on a mirror. All right, so now this is specifically getting into like, I think of chop your breakfast on a mirror, like cocaine, lines of cocaine. But again, we can use any addiction with this. Needlework, think of needlework. Needlework the way. It's like, like, like they're creating something. Think of like a quilt, a blanket or something like the needlework. And it's, it's weaving something, sin is, so that never you betray. You have to come back. Life of death, it's becoming clearer. Pain, monopoly. 
It's a ritual misery. Man, this is so... It should, I want this to get you pumped up to be like, I don't want this. That's what it's doing to me. And the point that I want to get at is, then kill sin, man. Mortify it, like John Owen talks about. I'll get to that in a minute. Then, then fight. Freaking make war, dude. Make war. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Either you're going to master it or it's going to freaking master you. You got to choose, man. Every day you got to make the choice. Who's your master? Come on. What do you want? What about your dreams? What kind of man you want to be? Fight. Fight! Make war! Let's go! Romans 6. Where's the dreams that I've been after? Master, master. You promised only lies. Laughter, laughter. So, all right. So, this is the dude now talking to his addiction, talking to his master. Where are the dreams that I've been after? Master, master. You promised only lies. You see, the thing that sin promises, it's going to make things all better. going to feel good for a while. You promised only lies. And then look what sin does. Laughter, laughter. All I hear or see is laughter, 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 laughing at my cries. And then the person yells, fix me. (laughs) It won't fix you. It's destroying you. Hell is worth all that natural habitat, just a rhyme without a reason. Never ending maze, drift on numbered days. Now your life is out of season. I will occupy. I will help you die. I will run through you. Now I rule you too. You see, you're just one more puppet. You're just another puppet. This is what sin does. I rule you too. I own you. I master you. Come crawling faster. Obey your master. Your life burns faster. Obey your master. Master of puppets, I'm pulling your strings twisting your mind and smashing your dreams. Blinded by me, you can't see a thing. Just call my name because I'll hear you scream. Master, master. You got to get to the point in your Christian life where you hate your sin more than you love it. You say, oh man, I don't love my sin. Yes, you do. Dude, I don't love sin. Sin is wrong. Sin is evil. That's perverted. That's sick. There's part of you, your sinful flesh that dwells in you, that loves it. Or you wouldn't keep going back to it. You got to get to the point in your Christian life where you hate your sin more than you love it. You got to feed the Spirit of God in you and stop feeding 
your sinful flesh. The one you feed is the one that's going to win and take over. Remember Romans 6? Who do you present yourself to? That's the one that's going to master you, dude. That's how it works. So, for morning devotions lately, I've been rereading The Mortification of Sin by John Owen. And I wanted to share with you guys some of what God's been lovingly punching me in the face with. Um, You know, truth is not always comfortable, convenient, pleasant, but it's always needed because the truth shall set you free. I want to walk in freedom, so I need the truth. But the truth is not always comfortable, convenient, or pleasant. The truth often hurts. And God uses John Owen to dish out some hard truth that I don't like, but I need it. So, first of all, who is John Owen? Real quick, dudes from back in the 1600s, reformed theologian, incredible reformed theologian. He was a pastor. Um, I could go on and on about this guy. J.I. Packer, some of you know him, respect him. He described Owen as a conservative reformed theologian of great learning and expository strength. And J.I. Packer considered this book, The Mortification of Sin by John Owen, a spiritual goldmine. And I totally agree. Uh, I've read this book like two or three times, got highlights, notes in it. But I'm going back through it like this fourth time. And I swear, like this time, I'm seeing things I've never seen. They're hitting me like they've never hit me. Uh, What's the main point of the book? Basically... The book came out of a written-up set of pastoral sermons that Owen gave back in the day on Romans 8.13. In the old King James Version back in the day of Romans 8.13, it read like this, If ye, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. If ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. So Owen puts together just a set of sermons on that verse, Romans 8.13, about mortifying the deeds of the body and what all that means, and that gets compiled and eventually becomes the book, The Mortification of Sin. Now that word mortify, we don't use that too much today, but that means basically just to put to death. To mortify something means you're going to basically choke the the life, the strength, the vigor out of something. You're going to kill it. If ye, through the Spirit, do kill the deeds of the body, what are the deeds of the body? Talking about your indwelling sin, God says you will live. That brings life. You've got to kill your sin. You want freedom? You want to walk in freedom? You want life? You want everything that comes with freedom, which is peace, joy, God's inner comfort. You got to kill sin. You got to mortify the sin that lives in you. You got to kill it. You got to go after it and you got to freaking make war every day. And that's what the mortification of sin, this book, is all about. This is uh, the main point that Owen says, like, why he wrote this book. It says, Suppose a man to be a true believer and yet finds in himself a powerful indwelling sin, leading him captive to the law of it, consuming his heart with trouble, 
perplexing his thoughts, weakening his soul as to the duties of communion with God, disquieting him as to peace, and perhaps defiling his conscience. Conscience. Sorry, can't say that right. And exposing him to hardening through the deceitfulness of sin. What shall he do? What course shall he take and insist on for the mortification of this sin, this lust, this distemper, this corruption? Let me break this down for you. Owen is basically saying, say there's a dude who's a true believer like you, and he finds in himself that there's a powerful indwelling sin that keeps being his master, master of puppets. It keeps leading him back to, Owen says, the law of it. It consumes his heart with trouble. It perplexes his thoughts. It weakens his soul. He can't get peace, um, the peace of God. He, he can't have this inner peace that God wants him to have. It, it's, it's taken that away. He can't find inner joy. His conscience is uh, defiled. He feels like divided. And the deceitfulness of sin is hardening his heart to the things of God, the things he used to enjoy. He no longer enjoys. He doesn't have a passion about them. He's becoming hardened. Certain things, things of God, they can even begin to anger him. He says if this this type of man, if, if this is the predicament he finds himself in, Owen says, what course of action shall he take? What has he got to do to kill this sin? That's what the entire book is dead set on answering. And it's a theological freaking masterpiece, man. Penetrating and powerful stuff. I'm going to come right back and tell you some of the highlights from chapters one and two of the mortification of sin that just really, like I said earlier, just punched me right in the nose. Like my nose is bleeding. My eyes are all watering and tearing up because I got punched in the nose. And I'm just like, ah, hurt so good. You know? Got that air guitar going while you're riding down the road. Put your hands back on the steering wheel, you fool. Cut it out. Oh. We're about to kill some sin right here, right now on the Grizz. Let's do it. Chapters 1 and 2 on the mortification of sin. This is what Owen says. Mortification or killing sin, it can only be accomplished by a true believer in Christ. Non-believers are incapable of truly killing sin in their life. Non-believers are incapable of getting at the root of their sin problem. The best non-believers do is they really just hack at the fruit. They never get to the root. They can chop off the fruit, but the thing is still growing, man. Oftentimes I see non-believers that get a grip on one addiction only to transfer it for another one. Oh man, I've been sober 10 years from such and such only to find out. Yeah, but you're really still just a slave to sin and 
some other type of way. Owen goes on, he says, God commands you to kill the sin in your Christian life. He commands you. That's the whole basis of Romans 8.13. That's a command. Mortify the deeds of the flesh. Kill the sin in your Christian life. Kill the sin. Make war. Kill it. God says the same thing in Galatians 5.24. He says the same thing in Colossians 3, 5, and 6. Kill the sin in your life. Put to death the sin in your life. Owen goes on, he says, you can't do this spiritual work of killing your sin without the Holy Spirit's help. It's a partnership between you and the Spirit of God. You got to kill sin, but don't try to do it without the Holy Spirit's help. You can't do it without the Spirit. That's why it says at the beginning of the verse, Romans 8.13, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. It tells us that's the only way you can do it. It's a partnership between you and the Spirit of God. If you want to be free from the condemning power of sin, then Owen says all your days, all of your days in your Christian life, you need to make it your business to kill the sin in your Christian life. All the days. There are no days off. There's not a day that you can take a break from killing sin. Every day we make war on sin. He's going to tell us how to do that further in the book. We won't get to all of that in this episode, but we will. We will, man. We will. This is just the beginning of John Owen, mortification of sin. He goes on, he says, your peace, your strength, your power, your comfort in your Christian life. Listen to this, guys. The peace, the strength, the power, and the comfort that you should have in your Christian life, it depends on you killing sin. If you don't kill your sin, then don't count on having those things in your Christian life. Here, guys, say, man, I don't understand, man. I'm a Christian. I don't have the peace of God. I don't feel the strength, the power of God. I don't feel God comforting me in my affliction. Is there sin in your life? Is there sin in your life that you're harboring, that you're not confessing and repenting of, that you're not making a daily effort to try to kill? If there is, yeah, you... You're not going to have those things. Owen goes on. He says, cease not a day from killing sin. Cease not a day. Every day is war. Always be killing sin, he says, or sin will be killing you. Oh, my God. That is the best John Owen quote ever. Always be killing sin or sin will be killing you. Tattoo that on your forearm. I'm serious. Go make an appointment right now and ink that on you. He goes on. You are not delivered from this sin battle until the day you die and go to heaven to be with Christ. Until then, guys, we make war. There's no deliverance from sin, fighting, killing, until we get to heaven. Sin doesn't just live in you, he says, but it's working to bring forth all sorts of destructive sinful behaviors and habits and addictions. Sin isn't just living in you. It is working to try to bring forth all sorts of destructive, sinful behaviors, habits, and addictions. <laughs> Man, sin wants to own you. Sin wants to master you. Sin wants you to be its little puppet. And some of you, that's all you've been to sin. That's all you are right now. Your sin's little puppet. You know why? Because you never freaking make war. You don't make any effort to fight sin. 
Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm fighting sin. Yes, I am. I'm trying. I went to church this week. I did. I read my Bible for like five minutes. You are fighting with a Nerf gun, you moron. Man up. You got to take the weapons God says to take, and you got to bring it, dude, full force. You need godly connection. You need godly accountability, godly mentors in your life. You need a ton of the word of God. You got to saturate your mind in the word of God. You got to be a man of prayer. You got to be a man of accountability. You got to be checking in with recovery groups, accountability groups. You got to be having godly men ask you the hard questions. You got to get it out. You got to confess your sins, not just to God, but your brothers in Christ. Get it all out. Hide nothing. No secrets. No more divided life. No more compartmentalized Christianity where there's this back room that you don't want anybody to know about what's in there. Open the door, let it out, and start cleaning house, man. Start killing sin. Sin will shackle you, he says. It'll hold you back from being and doing what God desires. That's Hebrews 12.1. The weight and the sin that so easily entangles us, that so easily holds us back from being and doing what God wants us to do. Some of you, you know deep down God's called you to do something great for his kingdom. God's called you into some sort of ministry. God's called you to step up and man up and make an impact. But sin is shackling you. It's shackling you because you won't fight it. You won't mortify the deeds of the body. He says sin is always working to to, to deceive, seduce, tempt, and conceive. If it's always working to do that, he says, to deceive, seduce, tempt, and conceive, you must always be working to kill it. To never do so reveals you're a lost creature. You're a lost creature. Don't tell me you're a Christian and you never try to work to kill the sin in your life. That's not the mark of a true believer. I believe in Jesus. I'm forgiven. I've got eternal life. And you know what? I'm under grace. So who cares? I can just do what I want with sin. I just play with sin. I just play with it. You play and then you pay. It owns you. You're its puppet. It's your master. You're a lost creature. A real Christian fights the sin in his life. Do we do it perfectly? Are we perfect? Are we sinless? No, but we should be sinning less and less. We should be fighting this. He says, as long as you live in this fallen world, there is no safety against sin except in constant warfare against it. You got to make war. Sin will not only be striving, acting, rebelling, troubling, and disturbing you, but if it is left alone, if it is not being killed, it's going to bring forth great, cursed, scandalous, soul-destroying sins, like Galatians 5, 19 through 21. It'll bring forth sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, etc., You give sin a little bit of room, it's going to take over the continent. It's like a malignant tumor. You better go get some spiritual chemo and radiation. Kill it, or it's going to spread and take over. Think what the little unchecked sin of King David blossomed into. 
Do you think your little unchecked sin won't destroy your life as well? Are you that cocky and stupid you think that? You fool! Sin is like the grave. It's never satisfied. It always wants more. Therefore, make war against it. Dude, that's just that's exactly what Metallica said in Master of Puppets. Taste me, you will see. More is all you need. Dedicated to how I'm killing you. Come on, man. The Spirit of God is given to you to oppose and fight the sin that dwells in you. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. It's the inner war, the spirit versus the flesh. If you got that inner war going on inside of you, that's a good sign that you're a true believer in Christ. None of us got it down. None of us are perfect. Even Paul said, I'm pressing, pressing on, looking up, going forward to the high calling of God. He says, like, I've not arrived. He literally said that. I've not arrived. I've not arrived spiritually to being perfect. I'm striving for perfection, but I've not arrived. But there was no doubt that there was an inner war going on. He was fighting to become a better man, a godly man. What about you? Are you fighting? That's all I'm asking. Are you fighting? Are you making war? Or are you making war with your little Nerf gun? Your little Nerf gun, your little soft Nerf gun. Yeah, I got my Nerf shotgun. Let's go fight Sin Jay. What are you doing, man? Grab the weapons that God has, the deadly, dangerous weapons he has that can kill sin, darkness, evil in your life. If you neglect to make use of all that God has given you to kill the sin in your Christian life, then he may justly withhold his hand from giving you more blessings. Wow. God wants to bless you even more than he's already blessed you. But do you realize if you're not killing the sin in your life, that could be hindering God from blessing you even more. That's truth, man. God won't bless what he forbids. And if you're involved in doing what God forbids, don't expect God's blessings. It's the same thing I say about America in general. God bless America. God won't bless a nation that celebrates, applauds, celebrates, and, and makes laws that allow people to do what he forbids. He doesn't bless a nation like that. He doesn't bless a church like that. He doesn't bless an individual believer like that. That's not how it works. Read your Bible. Look at the Old Testament with the children of Israel. God doesn't bless them when they do what he forbids. God gives them room for repentance. He is patient. He waits. And if they don't repent, God brings chastening, judgment. They become slaves, little puppets to various masters. Got to wrap this up, man. I'm so worked up over this. When sin, through your neglect of killing it, gets considerable victory in your life, it's going to break the bones of your soul. It's going to make you weak, sick, ready to die so that you cannot look up. 
when sin, through your neglect of killing it, gets considerable victory in your Christian life, it's going to break the bones of your soul. It's going to make you weak. It's going to make you sick. It's going to make you ready to die so that you cannot look up. Let This is a good one to end on. I'll just end with this. I got a couple more points by John Owen, but I'll save it for another podcast episode. You know where we see this? We see this in the life of David. Let me turn to Psalm 31.10 first. Psalm 31.10. I'm turning. I got my sword right here. The word of God. David said, For my life is spent with sorrow, and my years with sighing. My strength fails. My bones waste away. Why? Why is this happening in your life? Man after God's own heart. Young man who slew Goliath. What's happened? What's happened in your life, David? My life is spent with sorrow. My years with sighing. My strength fails. My bones waste away. What happened, David? Because, he says, of my iniquity, my sin. Because I allowed sin into my life. Because I began to harbor sin. My small compromises led to more compromises and greater compromises. We all know what ended up happening with David and Bathsheba and the killing of her husband, the murder of her husband. Let's turn over to Psalm 38, get a more accurate look of what David was going through when he harbored sin in his life. O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath, for your errors have sunk into me, and your hand has come down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For for my iniquities have gone over my head. Like a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and fester because of my foolishness. I'm utterly bowed down and prostrate. All the day I go mourning, for my sides are filled with burning. There's no soundness in my flesh. I'm feeble. I'm crushed. I groan because of the tumult of my heart. O Lord, all my longing is before you. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart throbs. My strength fails me. In the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. Anybody relate to that? Anybody ever walk through that? I have. I have as a real, genuine believer in Christ, follower of Christ, who began to hide secret sin, harbored in my life, was too prideful to confess it and get it out and go get help from godly friends and godly mentors, and I was miserable. I was so miserable, and it was causing even physical problems in my life, definitely mental problems, tons of anxiety, depression, panic attacks, just like, uh, um, what's it called? Kind of like a paranoia. Sick, aching. No joy, faking, faking, faking. Listen to what Owen says. When sin, through your neglect of killing it, gets considerable victory in your Christian life, it'll break the bones of your soul, make you weak, sick, ready to die, so that you cannot look up. Confess. Get it out. Repent. Start fighting, killing sin. And as you get into the rest of the book, The Mortification of Sin, which we will in future episodes coming up, he begins to tell us how we got to do that. How do you fight? And see, 
that's where so many that have been in the church, raised in the church, the church let you down. A lot of pastors, teachers, they let you down. They told you what you should and shouldn't do. They screamed at you to confess and repent, but they didn't tell you how. How do you do that? What's that look like practically? You're using a big word, repent. Okay, turn from sin. But I'm addicted. I have an addiction. It controls me. I have a master. I'm its puppet. How? Show me what that looks like. Mentor me. Teach me practically how to make war and to fight sin. Don't tell me this stupid crap about come forward to the altar, take one of these little nails and nail it to the cross with a piece of paper that you wrote on that says your secret sin, your addiction that you're not going to go back to anymore. Nail that to the wooden cross and now you're good. Or come up here and light this candle and just give it to God. I hear that phrase all the time, like let go and let God. That's not how it works with with addiction. That's not how it works when sin is your master. You don't just let go and let God. You don't just go light a candle. You don't just go nail a piece of paper to a wooden cross at the front of the church building or a camp or a retreat. Pastors, teachers, evangelists, youth pastors, you've got to teach people to fight, how to fight, how to make war with the weapons God has given us in his word. And he teaches us how. Owen teaches us how in the mortification of sin. I'll stop there for now. That's more than enough to chew on. I'm worked up. Man, I hope the highlights from chapters one and two of Owen's book, I hope it motivates you. I do. That's my whole goal. I hope it motivates you. I want it to motivate you. I don't want it to discourage you. I hope it motivates you. If it convicts you, if it brings on like, whoa, I felt a sense of guilt, of shame, of conviction, because you're you're harboring sin, good. Tired of these people saying like all shame is bad. No, when you're living um, sinful, you should feel shame. You should feel guilt. And that should motivate you to be like, I don't like the way I'm feeling. I don't like this. I don't want to stay in this. This is not what God has saved me to stay in, to feel like this, to keep feeling like this. You're right. That's not what he has saved you to stay in. He wants you to experience freedom and peace and joy and his comfort and his meaning and his purpose. And he wants you to go after those dreams that you have of building this kingdom, of making your mark, man, for Christ. You got to kill sin. You got to make war. You got to rise up. You got to make war. No Nerf guns. You take the full armor, you got to fight. You know what else I thought about? I thought about all these dudes that are, you see these guys out there, man. You see them on the internet, YouTube. And I like some of them. I watch some of their stuff. They motivate me. These guys who are like physically fit, they're strong, they're hard to kill. They can run hundreds of miles. They can do ultra marathons. They can rock hundreds of miles. They lift extremely heavy weights. They crossfit like beast. They can stalk and kill deer, elk, bear, buffalo. They got all these cool knives, swords, guns, bows, arrows, and they're absolutely deadly with them. They're freaking deadly with all of them. Like, I love watching them. They're deadly. But here's the real question. Can they kill sin? 
Are they a sin killer? Are they deadly at what matters most, killing the sin in their life? Or behind the scenes, does the master of puppets still rule them? You see, your personal character, my personal character, you fighting and killing your sin, that is more important than all that other stuff. Be spiritually deadly, first and foremost. Be a sin killer. That's who Satan and his demons fear. You understand that? That's who they fear. A man who is addressing the junk in his private world who goes to that back hidden room in the house and says, open the door. I need some godly guys to come in here and help me clean this out. It stinks. It's infested. It's moldy. It's yuck. It's toxic. Let's go. A couple closing items of grizz biz, and then we're done. Hey, if you're struggling, specifically struggling with porn or some other unwanted sexual sin, then consider joining one of our climb teams to help kill those sins or that sin. Climb teams are weekly online small groups for like-minded Christian men. They provide connection, support, guidance, accountability, encouragement, no judgment, no condemnation. We're not about that. Let me know if you're interested in becoming part of one of our climb teams, our online small groups for like-minded Christian men. They really do help. I promise. Don't let pride stand in the way. Well, if I contact you and I tell you, then you're going to know, man, I'm struggling with porn or you're going to know I'm struggling with some sort of sin. And I, you know, I really, I just worry about what you're going to think of me. Stop. You don't want to think of you. I'm going to think you're being manly. I'm going to think you're being a freaking man. You're stepping up and manning up. That you're just like, yo, man, I got to deal with it. Also, Covenant Eyes, internet accountability. It really, really helps. I got it on all my devices. It's on my MacBook Pro. It's on my iPhone. Those are the only devices I got right now. When my kids were growing up, I had it on their devices. Covenant Eyes, internet accountability. Get it. Get it. You want to get serious about killing sin? Lock up your devices. Get them locked up with a password you don't know. Get monitoring on it. So every week, some sort of accountability partner gets to know where you go online. If I don't have that on my devices in a weak moment, I go back and start edging and drifting around looking at stuff. I do. I will. I know what I'll do. When you sign up for Covenant Eyes, go to covenanteyes.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. When you're at checkout, use the promo code GRIZZIN, G-R-I-Z-Z-I-N, GRIZZIN, GRIZZIN. They're going to give you the first month completely free. Also, we got a closed Facebook group uh, just for like-minded Christian men, brothers from other mothers around the world. And it's a great place, man, just to connect with guys, to share some encouragement, share a link, share a video, share a, you know, a word for the day, something God was teaching you. Share prayer requests. It's a good place to say, yo, I need prayer. Guys will, for real, pray for you. I love it. And also with the closed Facebook group, the Grizz Tribe, look that up, Grizz Tribe. Um, It's a good place to share humor, funny stuff. Share funny stuff. We need that. Uh, Guys are sharing hunting pics, killing deer. One guy posted some pics today. He was killing squirrel. He's all excited. He's like, I got some squirrel, man. I'm going to eat him. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, do it, man. Eat them tree rats. Uh, I send out a weekly email to guys who are trying to step up, man up, and fight the fight. It's called the Growl. If you would like to receive that weekly email, I promise I'm not trying to sell you anything, and I don't take your email and give it to anyone. Or sell. I don't. That, I'm not like that. But if you would like to be subscribed to the Growl, there's a link in the show notes. Uh, you can connect with me via email at info at narrowtrail.com, info at narrowtrail.com. Love hearing from listeners. Would love to know who you are, what you're getting out of the podcast, who told you about the podcast, how'd you find out, is God using the podcast in your life? I love hearing that. That's, that's the real payoff for me. Like, that's what it's about. Check out our websites, um, thegrizpodcast.com, thegrizpodcast.com, and also narrowtrail.com. That's our nonprofit. Uh, by the way, the Grizz Podcast is an outreach of Narrow Trail Ministries Incorporated. And with that, I want to just ask you lastly, last thing, support this show. Please support this show. You can do that by making a one-time or a recurring monthly donation to our nonprofit ministry, Narrow Trail Ministries. There's a link in the show notes for you to be able to do that. We would not be able to do what we do right here without the support of listeners just like you. So if you want to make a one-time donation, that's great. If you want to set it up so that you're like, hey, every month I give $10 to the Grizz podcast because it blesses me, that's awesome. Dude, we need that. That, that, that keeps us going, dude. That helps us continue to grow, expand, and potentially impact more people. Yeah, we're just getting started. Anyway, guys, keep stepping up, keep manning up, and it's time, dude, to fight the master of puppets, dude. You know what I'm saying? You got to fight them, dude. You got to fight. You got to kill that sin. Always be killing sin or sin will be killing you. If ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Why am I talking like that? <laughs> I feel like I'm Gandalf or something. I'm out. Get some.